Thanks for joining us today. We'd love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. So we encourage you to share your story with us at info fellowshipgj.com. Also, if God is using this ministry to impact you, we wanna encourage you to partner with us financially. You can do that by clicking on the giving link located in the description below this video, online at fellowshipgj.com, or if you're a member here at Fellowship Church, you can give through our Church Center app. This will help us to continue to bring the message of Christ to our community and beyond. Again, thank you for joining us and enjoy today's message. Good morning, everybody. How are we doing this morning? If you'll stand to your feet as we worship, guys, I'm so, so excited that you're here with us today. There's one of the lines in this song that I just love, and it says that God is not going to run out of miracles anytime soon. And I am so confident, I'm beyond confident that God is working on your behalf. And as we praise him this morning, I just want you to rest in his presence. Here we go.
Oh God, thank you for reigning in our life. Thank you that you are the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Lord, in a time where we look for leadership and we look for uh, uh, someone that can guide us, Lord, it's so awesome that you are that ultimate leader in our life, that you are always there for us, that you never abandon us, Lord God, and that you will always want the best for us. Thank you for being the King of Kings. Thank you, Lord God, that you love us so much that, that even though you have the strength to love the whole world, you love us individually. You know us individually. Thank you for that, God. We love you. Thank you for this time we've had in worship with you. Just bless us now, Lord God, as we hear a message today, Lord God, from you. Those words would encourage us. They'd help us to leave this place with a new perspective. Holy Spirit, thank you for filling us and filling us on a daily basis. What a gift that is. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Let's give him another praise offering for reigning in our life. So incredible. Now, guys, you can make your way back to your seats, greet each other in your sections as you do. And thank you so much for choosing Fellowship Church this morning. For all of you that are in our live audience, thank you so much for coming out uh, and being a part of this worship service. For those of you that are worshiping online, thank you so much for also attending. I know you have a lot of choices out there to attend church on Sunday morning in your living room or maybe on vacation or camping, wherever you might be. Thank you so much for making Fellowship Church a part of your day. And if you're a guest or a visitor, whether you're online this morning or in the auditorium, we just ask that you would take your phone out, use your text messaging, and text fellowship to 94000. And when you do that, you'll be given a link over to uh, our uh, church center app. It'll give you more information about the church. And then also we're going to be having a live guest services uh, time for all of our uh new visitors in the church uh, coming up in about a month. So we're going to be doing that live. It'll be an opportunity to have a continental breakfast together, and then we'll give a tour of the facility and then answer any questions you might have about the church, as well as get to know some of our staff. Well, we're going to continue to worship now with a giving of tithes and offerings. I hope you've come today prepared to give. Of course, we don't pass the buckets in the service. Now we're giving uh, using the Church Center app or text tithing, or if you want to mail in your tithe, or we do have buckets or actually boxes in the lobby you can drop your offering off to before you leave. But as you get ready to give this morning, let me say a prayer, a blessing over you. Lord, we love you and thank you so much. We do recognize that in these crazy times, you still have us. In fact, it's amazing, Lord, that uh, how you give to us and how you provide for us. And I pray now that as we give back to you, Lord, that all of those blessings that you promise in your word would just be unlocked in our lives. I pray, Lord, that you would help us, Lord. For, for, for some of us right now, we're, we're looking for money so we can pay our mortgage. We're looking for money maybe to pay some medical bills or whatever the case. Lord, you never get tapped out. You always can give. You always bless us. You've always taken care of us, and we know you always will. So bless us now as we give. Help everything that would come in to be to your uh, honor and glory and to sufficient, just sufficient for your church's needs. And I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you as you give. Here's a few things that are happening here at Fellowship. Good morning, church family. We're so glad that you're here with us today. We have so many special things coming up that I would like to share with you. First, we're launching a new ministry here at the church called Keepers of the House. We have been so blessed with this property and we wanna do everything we can to be good stewards of what God has given us. That's where this ministry comes in. What we'll do is we'll have this team come in throughout the week and start with some very sweet time of conversation and prayer over coffee. And then from there, we'll go and we'll help where needed around our church with cleaning and disinfecting and just keeping it looking great for all of our ministry times and our services. If this is something you're interested in, we would love to talk to you. You can either go and talk to Amanda or Penny who will be at the information counter right after this service, or if you're watching from home and you're interested in this ministry, you can call us here at the church at 970-245-7729. 
On October 14th, we'll be launching a new chorus all about the Holy Spirit. Pastor Will will be teaching this, and he'll be upstairs in the Two Rivers room at 6.30 on these Wednesday nights. This is gonna be all about the Holy Spirit and who he is to us, how he works in us, and how he works through us. You do not want to miss this. If you're interested, please sign up on the Church Center app. We have been so excited to have your students back joining us for 4640 Nights. This week, the 6th and the 7th, we will be having a soft opening for all of them. Please get your students here. We've had a blast for the last few weeks outside, but we're excited to get back in, back to our elements, back to our worship stage, and just have a great time praising God. Please get your students here. Please don't miss it. It will be normal times where doors open at 6.30 on Tuesday and on Wednesday. We can't wait to see them there. We have a baptism on the calendar. It feels long overdue, but we're excited to finally be able to move forward. We will have our baptism on October 25th. It will be between services in the 4640 facility as usual. Please invite all of your friends and family to be a part of this very special day. This is a public declaration that you have chosen to make Jesus the Lord of your life, and we wanna celebrate with you. Please sign up on the Church Center app and don't miss it. I'm sure a lot of us parents have seen the children's ministry wing filling up again on Sunday mornings and we could not be more excited about it. But we also wanna make it as easy as possible for you. Take a look at this video. I'm sure a lot of us can relate to what the inside of our homes look like Sunday mornings. Ah, Sunday morning. That magical time of the week when shoes sprout wings. When you reheat your coffee three different times and then forget it in the microwave. When nobody has to go potty until you're halfway out the door. Right on cue. Fortunately, the Church Center app is here to help. Here, give it a try. Just choose each kid who's checking in and get your code. That was easy. When you get to church, just scan the QR code at a check-in station and your labels automatically print. Mmm, instant labels. So because of mornings like this, our children's staff and volunteer team have been working very hard to make this as simple as possible for you. So as long as your whole family is put into Church Center, you can click on their names on the way here, receive your code, and when you arrive, use that express check-in lane, scan your code, and all of the labels will be printed automatically for you. If you ever have any trouble, Purple Team is right there to help. Once again, we are so excited to have you here with us. Enjoy the rest of today's service. Well, good morning, church family. I am excited about this message today. In fact, I am pumped. Uh, why don't you go ahead and join with me. Turn to the person sitting next to you and tell them, I am so excited I get to sit next to you today. Hopefully I'm not causing you to lie right now. And for those of you that are joining with us online, if you're sitting there on your couch with your cat right now, I still don't know why you have a cat, but thank you so much for joining with us online. Uh, we're excited about this word. We believe uh, that, that scripture tells us anytime Jesus is lifted up, he will draw all men unto him. And that's why we're here. We're gonna learn more about Jesus. We're gonna learn more about his plan for our life. And I believe he wants to bless us today. So I wanna dive right into a scripture today that we're gonna be talking about found in Genesis chapter 35. And if you'll follow along with me, we have this on the side screens. It says this, it said, God said to Jacob, now move on to Bethel and settle there. Build an altar there to worship me. 
the God who appeared to you when you fled from your brother Esau. So Jacob told everyone in his household, destroy your idols, wash yourselves, and put on clean clothing. Now We are now going to Bethel, where we will build an altar to the God who answered my prayers when I was in distress. He stayed with me wherever I have gone. So they gave Jacob their idols and their earrings and they buried them beneath the tree near Shechem. So essentially he's saying, I want you to go clean yourself up and I want you to build an altar where you can meet with me. Verse seven says, so Jacob built an altar there and named it El Bethel because God had appeared to him there at Bethel when he was fleeing from Esau. Soon after this, Rebekah's old nurse Deborah died and she was buried beneath the oak tree in the valley below Bethel ever since the tree has been called the oak of weeping. And God appeared to Jacob once again when he arrived at Bethel after traveling from Pandanaram. And God blessed him and said, your name is no longer Jacob. You will now be called Israel. Then God said, I am God Almighty. Multiply and fill the earth Become a great nation, even many nations. Kings will be among your descendants, and I will pass on to you the land I gave to Abraham and Isaac. Yes, I will give it to you and your descendants. Then God went up from the place where he had spoken to Jacob, and Jacob set up a stone pillar to mark the place where God had spoken to him, and he poured wine over it as an offering to God and anointed the pillar with olive oil, and Jacob called the place Bethel house of God because God had spoken to him there. Today, church, I want to speak to you about building a place for God, building a place for God. See, Jacob built an altar. He had a place where he would meet with God exclusively. Nothing else was done at the altar except for him coming before God and meeting with him exclusively. And before we even pray and dive into this message, I want to give you the central take-home point of this message. So it's coming at you right now. You might write this down in your phone. You might put it on Instagram. Whatever you've got to do to remember this, remember this point. This is what I hope you bring home, is no one can build an altar for you. No one could, your, your pastor can't build it for you. Your spouse can't build an altar for you. Your, your, your parents can't build an altar for you. Your teachers can't. It is on you. The responsibility to build an altar, a meeting place with God, is on you. And I want to talk about that today. So would you pray with me before we dive in today? Let's talk to our Heavenly Father together. Jesus, we come before you. And we just lift up your name right now. We pray you'd be glorified. We thank you for each and every person in this place today. And we believe that we have an appointment here to meet with you. And, and we know that, God, that's your desire, that you want to meet with us. So we pray that you'd speak to us today, that you'd be glorified in this place. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said? Amen. 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 I got to tell you. Something has happened to me during COVID that I'm sure has happened to many of you that is a little frustrating, a little bit strange. And maybe you've had this, the same experience that I've had, but I went into a restaurant a couple of weeks back and I looked around at an empty restaurant, 40 empty tables. And there's a lady standing at the hostess station and she's, she's typing away on her computer and I stepped up and I said, uh, uh, yeah, we'd like a table for four. And she said, uh, sir, uh, we're all booked up. And uh, I did that thing where you're like, like kind of, I'm trying to show her something. So uh, I, I kind of stand on my toes and, and, and uh, it could have been the mask thing, you know, because like, so I'm thinking like, sorry, I might be confused, but I think what you said is, sir, we're all booked up tonight. <laughs> and, and she looked at me and she said, yeah, all of those tables are reserved. And at first, I gotta tell you, I was really annoyed. I'm thinking, are you kidding me? Like, thinking, 40 tables here, we can eat pretty fast, we can be gone before the next group's here, like, just let us in, right? Like, this is a very simple thing. But on the flip side of it, as I stopped being frustrated and I walked away from the situation a little bit, I thought, wait a minute, if I had called in a reservation, and I, I, I said, there's gotta be a spot reserved for me, and I made a reservation in a restaurant and then I show up and someone else is sitting in my seat. I'm gonna be ticked off. 
right? I ain't coming back to this restaurant anymore. Like, I, I, I'm mad now, so it makes sense. And, and today what I'm talking to you about is the fact that we see in Scripture that God wants a place in each and every one of our lives that is exclusively reserved for him. He, he wants us, where people might say, no, you got time in your schedule this week. It looks like you're fine in your schedule. You, you got time in your thought patterns. You got, you, you got time. You got a space for this area or that area. You could get away with this or you could get away with that. But no, the God we serve, uh, our heavenly Father who sent his son Jesus to die and raise again, he said, I want a place that is reserved for me in your life. Nothing else gets there. No one else gets to sit in that seat. No one else can handle sitting in the seat that I have in your life. That's what I want. See, all through Scripture, we see that God expresses to us how much he wants to commune with you. He wants to have a place where he can meet with you alone. That's why in the Old Testament, it was called an altar. And an altar was a place where people would meet exclusively with God. We see then later that, that, that there were, were transitions. All of these transitions were pictures of the fact that God wanted to meet with us personally. Because uh, there was altars that many people would build to meet with God. Then there was the tabernacle. The tabernacle was a tent. And this tent traveled around with the children of Israel. And people would go there for the sole purpose of meeting with God. And then once... They finally landed in Jerusalem, and, and, and King Solomon uh, was king. They built a permanent structure, the temple that, that, that stood for many years. And we see that, that as the temple stood, it was a place that, that, that was a picture of the fact that God wants a place exclusively to meet with you and to meet with me. But these are all Old Testament pictures of what takes place in our lives now. Because what we see in scripture is that God then sent his son, Jesus, to die on the cross for our sins. And that those of us that believe in him, put our trust in him, and we ask for forgiveness, that, that we're made righteous and we're made clean, so then therefore we can come before God and, and he can have a place in our lives. And in fact, the Bible makes it clear in the New Testament. We see in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19, it says, Don't you know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? That that we're no longer talking about meeting with God at a pile of sticks or meeting with God at a pile of stones or in a tent or in a building somewhere, but don't you recognize it's your body, it's you. You're the temple. He wants to meet with you. So, so the question I have to ask is, do you have a part in your life that is reserved exclusively for God? And I'm not just talking about your schedule. That, that's very important. And I'm not just talking about a physical location because I, I recognize and I honor the fact that there are many of you in this room that would have what you call a prayer closet or you have a, a specific chair in your house that you go to that chair and you have coffee with God and you read your Bible and that's a wonderful thing. Those are amazing disciplines. But what we're speaking about today is do you have not a physical location but a place in your life that is reserved exclusively for the presence of God? A place in your life that, that would be an altar. A place in your life that would say like, th th this part of me, no one else gets to have access to it, only my God does. This part of me is where, where, where God wants to dwell in me, he wants to lead me from, he, he wants to be with me. And see, we don't recognize it so often that God puts such great importance on the fact that he wants an altar in your life. Because, the Christian church, what we've done for so many years is we've created this tradition as we meet together on Sundays and we're supposed to do it. We read about it in the New Testament. Hebrews tells us not to ever get out of the habit of meeting together. That it's wonderful that you're at home watching right now and, and we're so thankful that you're watching but, but he tells us never get out of the habit of meeting together. You should meet together. We should be together in one place assembling. The church is the ecclesia. That's the, the, the original word for it which means the assembly. We meet together. What is the assembly if it's not assembling, right? So we're supposed to meet together but more important than that, he, he, he wants it to not just be a Sunday thing. Not just to be a go to church, go to a building thing, but do you have a place reserved for him? 
So the Bible says that Jacob built an altar. Man, there's a lot of people in Scripture who have built an altar, but I chose Jacob for a reason. I want to talk about Jacob today because Jacob's name actually meant crook. It meant thief, conniver. Parents, could you imagine naming your kids crook, thief, conniver? I know you've probably called it them worse than that on many occasions, but every day his parents are like, come here, you little crook, you little thief, conniving, little liar, get your, come on, right? No, oh, you talk perfect to your kids. It's, it's always, it's always it's Sunday morning in your house where it's all, just bring your beautiful little blessed self in here. Me, <laughs> little brat, have something to say to you, right? This was the type of life that Jacob lived. He, he was known for his mistakes. He was known for being a crook. He was known for being a thief. He was labeled by the world. Why am I choosing Jacob? Is because we see that God wanted a screwed up man to make a place exclusively for him. I don't know about you, but that gives me hope because I'm pretty screwed up. Is there anyone in here sitting next to someone who screwed up? Like, oh, oh, whoa, careful, right? Wait a minute. So someone's like, oh, dear Lord, that's going to cost me later. Because we all have issues, but what do we see about our God? Is we see that our God is not looking for perfect people. He's looking for people who will make a place for him. He's looking for people who will... Who, who, who will say, listen, I, I believe in God and I trust in the fact that he sent his son Jesus, so therefore I'm gonna put him first and central in my place. I'm gonna reserve a spot for him. I'm gonna build an altar and we see that Jacob built an altar. This, this messed up man, this crook, this thief, God used him and, and, and changed him all because he decided I am going to make a place exclusively in my life for God. So the question is, have you met with God like Jacob has? Because the Bible says he went back to the place where he first met with God to build an altar. Have you ever met with God before? Have you ever started a relationship with Jesus? It's an important question to ask. And, and then the next question would be, is, have you built an altar? Have you gone back to meet with him again? Do you meet with him on a daily basis? Because it's possible that you could remember, I... I asked Jesus to forgive me my sins at 12 years old at our summer camp, or, or I can remember being in kids' church when I was six years old, and I'm, but you're 45 now, you're 55 now, you're now. I mean, like, there's, when was the last time you met with them? Do you, do you have a place that you meet with them? He says, build an altar where you encountered me. I wonder, do you have not just a place in your life, but a, a time of your day? Sometimes set aside where I'm going to meet with you. So I, a, a part of your soul that no one else gets to. Like, again, not a physical place, but the deepest part of who you are. The deepest part of your thoughts that you think no one else can handle. You want to know the reason why you think no one else can handle them? They can't. They can't because, see, we were each created needing to meet with our God who can handle them. We're each created, like, there's an 80-20 principle, right? We've talked about this before when it comes to marriage or any or business or anything in your life. Nothing is gonna make you 100% happy and nothing is gonna fulfill 100% of your needs. The best husband in the world will only meet 80% of your needs. The best job in the world will only meet 80% of your needs. The, the, the best wife in the world will only meet 80% of your needs. There's a gap there. Why is there a gap? Because God is showing us there is part of you that only I can fill. So we've got to come to a place where we say, yeah, there's a part of my soul, there's a part of my emotions, there's a part of the deepest part of who I am that I'm going to reserve for God. And let me tell you, when you recognize that, when you recognize that there's a hole in you that needs to be met but only by God, you can't let anything get into that place. You can't let drugs get into that place. You can't let alcohol get into that place. You can't let pornography get into that place. You can't let a man get into that place. 
You can't let a woman get into that place. The world is gonna give you so many different options of this is going to be the way that you anesthetize your pain. This is going to be the way that you feel fulfilled. This is gonna be the way that you feel some sort of satisfaction. And we look for things to try to get into that place. And that is why there are so many of us that are suffering with depression. And there are so many of us that are suffering with anxiety is because there's a place that should be reserved exclusively for God and instead of the holy presence of God being there, we're letting just anyone and anything come and sit at the table and they don't belong to sit at that table. So I wonder, do you have an altar? I, I, I know I only have 15 minutes left but I'm gonna try to do something that my staff thinks I can't do. Um, I'm gonna try to give you seven points today. <laughs> In fact, we were in our programming meeting on Monday morning. I said, yeah, I got this great seven-point message. And they looked at me and they said, do you want to push this into a couple weeks? I'm like, you're all smart butts. I'm doing it in, in, in one service. So uh, pray for me, and I'm going to try to move as quick as I can because I believe that these are all points that we need to know. What is the benefit of having an altar? What is the benefit of, uh, of having a place exclusively for God? I want to tell you some things that happen at the altar um, that we all need to understand. Do you have an altar? Number one, an altar is a place of sanctity. Why do you need a place that is exclusively set apart for God in your life? Because you need sanctity, you need peace. And an inner sanctuary, a place uh, belonging exclusively to God. See, it's a place where you worship him from. It's a place where you get rest. It's a place where you get replenished. It's a place where you can escape. Because yes, you need an escape. Not the escapes that the world gives us, but you need to escape into the sanctuary of God's presence. And when you have a part of your life that you hold re just in reserved for him, you say, okay, now I'm gonna go spend some time with God because I need to escape the insanity of the world around me. Because man, don't you know people are crazy? And don't you know the news is crazy? And don't you know everyone's opinions are crazy? And you might think someone's sane until they open their mouth and they start talking. You're like, you crazy too. I need to get away from all this. <laughs> and I'll tell you, we need that. You have to have a place because you've got to have a place where you can get a little bit of peace because God, see, has called you to do different things. You have different responsibilities. For me, my, my two most important responsibilities after being a child of God is I'm a husband and a father. All right, so... What I've had to do, what I've had to learn over the years, I now have two uh, teenage daughters. They're no, they're no longer young, right? So what I've had to do over the years is I've had to recognize that I have to enter into the sanctuary. I have to enter into that altar, that place belonging exclusively for God and meet with him on my drive home every day. Because there are days that I will go to work and I will feel flattened by the day. I will have phone calls that don't go the way I wanted them to and I will get in arguments with people and, and I will be excited about something and it will get shot down. It's like I, someone will hand me a balloon and then they pop it and it's like I'm frustrated, I'm angry. It's like, and there have been times that I've gone home and, and I'm, I'm just mad and I'm stewing and I'm, and I'm driving home and I'm realizing, it's like it took me a while before I started realizing I'm coming into the atmosphere of a house where my daughters need their father and my wife needs her her husband, and, and I'm coming in with all of this anger and all of this frustration, so I had to turn my car into a place where I'm going, okay, God, I'm turning the radio off right now, and I just need to talk to you. I just need to meet with you because I'm disappointed, and I'm mourning this thing that happened right now because it, he said, those, those who mourn will be comforted, right? So the Holy Spirit is now comforting me, and like I just need some peace, and I just need to calm down so that when I get home, I can take a deep breath and breathe in the presence of God so then I can now walk into my house and I'm not coming in and dumping my junk on my family but instead I can come and be in a refreshment and start pouring out the presence of God that I just received at the altar into my home. See every one of us are going to have to start recognizing that we need sanctity. We need a place to get away from the crazy. We need a place to get away from our own thoughts. We need a place where we can meet exclusively with God. When you have an altar, number one, an altar is a place of sanctity. Number two, it's a place of sacrifice. An altar is a place of sacrifice. See, the altar is the place where fleshly things were brought to be killed. I want you to catch this. It, it, it's a place where you take your junk to get rid of it. 
An altar in the Old Testament, they, they, they would bring animals to the altar to kill them. It, it would be a sacrifice for their sin. All right, Jesus ultimately has been the ultimate sacrifice. We no longer have to do this in a physical way, but what every one of us have to do since we still deal with our flesh is we have to bring our flesh to the altar to allow certain parts of us to die. This is why Jesus says, take up your cross and follow me. What is the cross? Cross, it's a tool that is used to kill the flesh. He's saying, in following him, we meet with him and we come before him and say, God, there's a part of me that needs to die here. This addiction needs to die, and I don't know how to get rid of it. This, this struggle that I'm dealing with needs to die. This anger, this hurt, it needs to die. So God, what do I have to do? I gotta lay it at your feet. I gotta lay it right in front of you and say, God, would you kill it because it's killing me? And I try, I fake it every day. I put a smile on my face and I try to go and I try to act like I got it together, but it's still alive. So God, as I bring it to you, would you kill it? I sacrifice it to you, God. I give you my life and I wanna live the type of life that you call me to live. See, it, it takes sacrifice to have an altar. And when we serve our God, it, it takes sacrifice to serve our God. See, it even takes sacrifice to be committed enough to go to the altar. To, it takes sacrifice in your schedule. It takes sacrifice in your discipline to say, I am going to meet with God today, even though I don't feel like it, even though I'm in a bad mood, even though I'm tired, I'm going to do it anyways. I'm, I'm going to meet with him. It takes sacrifice there. And it's only in the times when we start to allow the, uh, the fleshly parts of us to die that our, our spirit gets stronger. And as the fleshly parts of us die and our spirit gets stronger, we start, we start moving in the spirit. We start getting filled with, with the gifts of the spirit and with the fruit of the spirit. And then all of a sudden we start having joy in our life and peace in our life and all sorts of wonderful things. It takes sacrifice if you're gonna be successful in every area of your life. It takes sacrifice. I mean, in the simplest form, I can remember when Amelie and I were newlyweds, we were uh, building a new house and, and we were young. And uh, we had some friends of ours who, uh, who asked the question about us being able to afford to build a house. And, and I was real honest with the guy who was a friend of mine and he was, he was saying, I just don't understand. I can't understand how uh, you guys can already afford to build a house. And he was sitting there drinking his third uh, pumpkin spice latte from uh, Starbucks that day. And, uh, and I said, it takes sacrifice. Because if you want something good, you have to sacrifice the lesser. If you want a good life, there are things that have to be given up. If you wanna live a life in the spirit, you have to sacrifice the flesh. So he, he then started to recognize, wait a minute, if I do all the math, I'm spending like two, $300 a month between me and my wife uh, on Starbucks, and if I were to just simply sacrifice coffee, I would be living in a much different place in my life, and I could have a different car, or I could have a different house, like things could change, because all success takes sacrifice, and when you have a place exclusively set up in your life for God, that is where sacrifice takes place. So an altar is a place of sanctity, an altar is a place of sacrifice. Number three, an altar is a place of service. Service. See, everybody who ever did anything great for God, the very first thing that they did was they built an altar. They made a place where they could first meet with the God whom they were going to serve. You can't serve God without meeting with him and understanding what his plan is. Noah built an altar right after he got off the ark. We just read about Jacob building an altar. If you're gonna serve God, you have to have a place where you meet with the God you serve because you have to know today, what is your plan for today? If, if you're my boss and I'm gonna serve you and do life your way, then what, what do I need to do today? And we have to do that because God will lead you and he will lead you sometimes in different directions. And when you have an altar and you're meeting with God and saying, God, I need to talk to you. I'm talking about prayer right now. I need to talk to you. How, how do you want me to handle this day? There's gonna be times when he starts to whisper into your spirit and he starts to tell you, okay, today I need you to keep your mouth shut in this meeting. Right? T today, that, that woman who always is eating lunch by herself alone, she go tell her that I love her. 
Today, why don't you go show some encouragement? That guy that everyone always kind of pushes off, go be nice to him today. Like, Like God might start to show you things and see if you're not meeting with God, then how are you supposed to serve him? And see, an altar, when you go and you're like exclusively, no one else is talking to me right now. I'm not getting anyone else's ideas. I don't care what you have to say. I care what is God telling me right now. You want me to do what? I'll do that. And see, service comes from a place of knowing what God wants you to do. I remember many of you heard this story before, but uh, when I was 14 years old, I told our staff here at the church that I believed I was called to be a pastor. I told my father at 12 years old, I told our staff at 14, and they said uh, that they were gonna meet together and give me a plan of what to do. And I was like, okay, that sounds great, so what, what do you want me to do? And, and Mike at the time, who was, uh, who I was working for, he said, I want you to go um, uh, mop the floors and uh, vacuum the floors. I'm like, okay, this is great. As I'm mopping the floors and vacuuming the floors, I'm assuming they're coming up with a plan of how I'm supposed to become a pastor. I'm like, I've already got it in my mind because I'm 14. Like, I know certainly they're going to let me speak next week and like next Sunday. It's going to be awesome, right? Uh, At 14, I'm going to tell all of these adults exactly what God wants them to know about their lives, right? That's what I'm going to do. So I'm I'm, I'm done with that. They finished their meeting. They come out and said, okay, you guys got a plan? And Mike said, yeah, we got a plan. That's awesome. I said, well, okay, what do you want me to do? He goes, I want you to go clean the bathrooms. No, you don't understand. See, what I said is I want to be a pastor, and uh, I, I didn't say I wanted to go clean bathrooms. And, and please understand, I honor every person who serves in every role in the house because it was in the bathrooms I learned how to become a pastor. And what happened is they began teaching me how to serve, and God began teaching me how to serve because I would clean the bathrooms. And, and I was shocked by the things that I would see in the bathrooms. Like, like there are certain things I still have nightmares about. I'm like, did you, were, were the lights even on when you were in there? I mean, like, are you kidding me, people? My toddlers never made the mess that you guys can make. Like, it is crazy, but it was in the bathrooms that I learned that God wants me to serve in the dirty areas of life. It was in the bathrooms that God showed me that there's a filth that he wants to get into in people's life that not everyone's willing to get into and not everyone's willing to dig into and it was in that place of service. I couldn't just go in there. If, if, if I was being led by, by pride, like no, I wanna speak in front of people. I don't wanna scrub a toilet. If I was being led by pride, I, I, I never would have been able to do anything that God wanted me to do in order to be able to help other people because God wants to get in the junk. You have to have a place where you're meeting with God or you can't go into life with the strength in order to be able to serve. So an altar is a place of sanctity. It is a place of sacrifice. It is a place of service. And then number four, it is a place where God is revealed. It was at the altar that that God said to Jacob, I am God Almighty. I love how powerful our God speaks above all things. He says, I am God Almighty. I am God Almighty. It is a place where God revealed himself to Jacob, and it's a place where God shows you who he is. And it is so important that you have this place where you meet with God, that you build a place to meet with him, because there are going to be times where you need to remember who he is. There's going to be difficulties Every one of us face difficulties. There's gonna be times where you hear a diagnosis you didn't wanna hear. You lose a job, you lose a loved one. We just had one of the dearest ladies that have ever been a part of Fellowship Church passed away this last week. Juanita Miller passed away. And that is a difficult thing for our church and it's a difficult thing for, uh, for her whole family right now that are mourning because we go through times together where we go through pain. And there is pain that you and I will face sometimes that if we don't know how to meet with God Almighty, we will think that this pain itself might kill me and this pain itself might take me out. But what is God saying when he's saying I'm God Almighty? He's saying I'm above it all. He's saying, yeah, you heard the word cancer, but don't you recognize I'm over cancer? You heard the, you heard the word divorce, but don't you recognize that I am God over divorce? You, you heard you heard job loss and you're thinking poverty. Don't you recognize that I am God above that and I can provide? You heard death, but don't you recognize that I am the God of resurrection who brings people back to life? 
I am God above it all, he says. I am God Almighty, and you need to have a place where you go back and remember that. I can remember walking the hallways of the hospital so many different times in the middle of the night, scared, and I had to go to my altar. I had to go to that place that only me and God know about. I said, God, what are you doing here? And he reminded me, Dan, I'm above it all. I love your family member more than you love them. Uh, I care more about you than you even can understand. I haven't given you the understanding to be able to fathom my love for you. And it's in that place you showed me I'm above it all. See, an altar is a place where God is revealed. And then once he's revealed, that brings us to number five. An altar defines you. At the altar, God will give you your identity. See, God told Jacob at the altar, you are not what they called you. You're not Jacob. See, you're not your sins. You're not your mistakes. Yeah, you made mistakes. And yeah, you were a thief. And you were a crook. And, and do you recognize that all throughout Scripture, there was a time, uh, uh, there are times that Jacob is called Israel, and there's times that Jacob is called Jacob, which is crook. Like, it's back and forth. Which is it? Is he Israel or is he Jacob? Is he Israel, which means prince, or is he Jacob, which means crook? He's both. Because he, he's still alive in a sinful flesh, so he still has struggles. And there's the world that will try to always define you by your past, but then there's God who says, no, I always want you to turn away from the past. I always want you to turn away from Jacob. I always want you to turn away from your sin, and I want you to walk in the life of being a prince and being a princess because you are more than a conqueror, and you are royalty, and you walk in righteousness because of what I have done for you. So don't ever be defined by what the world says and don't ever be defined by what social media says and don't ever be defined by your stupid mistakes, but be defined by the fact that I chose you and you are my child. And brothers and sisters, I'm telling you, you will go through life looking for affirmation from anyone and everyone and anything and everything you can until you recognize the only one who can tell you who you are is God, and he'll do it at the altar. When you go and you say, God, I don't care what the world has to say anymore. I don't care what, the, what they're saying, what they're doing. What the, I don't care about what's on social media. What I, what I care about is I want to know what is it that you want from me and, and see his, his God defined him. His God defined him. And once God defines you and tells you who you are, that then brings us to number six, it unlocks your destiny. Because it was at the altar here, we see in Genesis 35 that, that Jacob's destiny was unlocked. God told Jacob that, this, that there is a great nation in you. He, God tells you who you are, and then he tells you what he's going to do with you. He, he's like, there's destiny. You, you're you're going to find out where God is taking you and you're not gonna find it out from anyone else. You can only find out what God wants to do in your life from God. I have a question, I kind of enjoy answering it, but it frustrates people so much, I've made many of you mad with this answer. But one of the most common questions I get goes along the lines of, I have to make a decision, what should I do? And it's like, I either, should I marry this woman or not? Should I take this job in, in Texas or not? Should I, should I move from here or not? Should I buy this house or not? And it always makes people so incredibly angry when I answer this question, but I answer the question this way. I say, what did God tell you to do? And man, it makes people angry, but let me tell you the truth. You don't want my opinion of what you should do with your life. I can't even make right decisions for myself. Like, you want, you want me to decide whether or not you should move. You want me to decide whether or not he's the right man for you to marry. Are you kidding me? 
Like, no, I would make those decisions by asking my heavenly father, by going, by going to the altar and saying, God, what is it you want me to do? And it's at the altar that, that, that God unlocks his destiny and says, okay, this is what's going to happen with you. Proverbs 3, 6 says, seek his will in all you do and he will show you which path to take. When is the last time you got right in God's presence and said, God, what is it you want me to do? And that brings us to the last thing. An altar releases your inheritance. God said to Jacob, just like I blessed your grandfather, Abraham, and I blessed your father, Isaac, I am going to bless you. So there was already a blessing here. There was a, Abraham was blessed and Isaac was blessed, but, but the inheritance had not been passed on down yet to Jacob because Jacob hadn't ha yet created a place and a space for God in his life. And the truth is the same for you. That yeah, your family might be wealthy and your family might be doing really well and your family might be healthy and you might look back and just be like, ah, I got it all together, everything's gonna be fine. But your inheritance is unlocked when you make a place for God. So Jacob's like, no, 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 you don't, you don't understand. I'm a crook, I'm a thief, I've messed up. I don't know about any of this. And he's like, no, 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 since you made a place for me, I'm gonna unlock all of the inheritance and all of the blessings that I've had for you all along. So it, it, it's not a tricky thing. It's not like do this and do that and do this. It just make a place for me. And since you make that place, you get it all. Am I saying if you make a place for God, you're, you're gonna be wealthy and you're gonna, be, you're gonna always be healthy and problems are never gonna come? That's not what I'm saying at all. What I'm saying is what he has planned for you will start to happen. It'll get unlocked. Your inheritance will come forth when you make a place for him. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we thank you for your love. We thank you so much for the fact that, well, first off, that I was able to make it through seven points in a half hour. That's incredible, and uh, thank you for that, Jesus. But uh, we thank you for the fact that, that, God, you care to meet with us, that you've always wanted a relationship with us personally, not just corporately, but personally. So, God, I pray right now that you would help each and every one of us to, to reserve a spot on who we are, to reserve a spot in our soul, to reserve a spot in our schedule, to reserve a spot that is just exclusively for you so that God, we, as we're connected with you, can live the type of life that you want us to. God, I pray this for each and every person listening right now, online or here in this room, I pray that, that you would bless us, that we'd, we'd begin to look more like you as we follow you in this life. So thank you for Jesus, thank you for your love. I pray you'll be with us today and help us to go out into this world and affect the world the way you want us to, God. Not the way we want to, but the way you want us to. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said? Amen. Amen. Let's give our God a shout of praise. Well, thank you so much for being here. And again, thank you for joining with us online. We would love it if you would come and attend this service in person. Don't just sit there and watch with your cat anymore. It's time to get back into the house of God. We love you. See you next week. Thanks for listening to this week's message at Fellowship Church. If you have not made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, I want to give you the opportunity to do that right now. The Bible says in the book of Romans, if you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You can do that right now. I just want to encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Dear Jesus, I am a sinner and I need forgiveness. Please forgive me of my sins. I believe that you are Lord, that you died on the cross for my sins and that you rose again. And God, I thank you for that. I ask you now to be my savior, to guide my life and to give me a home forever in heaven. And God, I ask you this in your precious son, Jesus Christ's name, amen. If you just prayed this prayer for the first time or if you need prayer, we would love to hear from you. You can contact us at 970-245-PRAY or at prayer at fellowshipgj.com. If this was your first time experiencing Fellowship Church, please click the first time link located in the description below the video. Thanks again. We hope to see you next week for our online services at 9 and 11 a.m.